0: Hi, and welcome to episode 59 of the This Is Reportage podcast. My name is Alan Law. I'm the founder of This Is Reportage and This Reportage family, and I'm a photographer too. After a little break for the holidays, the podcast is back for 2021 with episode 59, and it's a real pleasure to be talking to the fab Stephen Rooney. Stephen is a UK based wedding photographer and someone I've had the pleasure of meeting a few times in real life too. Not only is he a brilliant photographer with a huge amount of awards from various bodies to his name, but he's also a very down-to-earth lovely guy too. Tune in today as Stephen shares all about going from primary school teacher to photographer and how his teaching background has affected his own workshops, why he personally enters awards, having his surname chanted to him, the story behind one of his specific reportage awards, the subject of comparing yourself to others, homeschooling, learning how to use Flash effectively and much, much more. Before we get to Stephen, just a brief note to say that it's now a whole new awards year here at This reportage and This reportage Family. Our awards are just one part of membership, of course, but if you do like to enter them, just a little mention that you have the best chance of ranking on our top 100 worldwide list if you submit to our very first collections of the year, which are open for submissions right now. Deadline for entries is the same for both websites. Submit by 23.59 GMT on 24th of January, 2021. Right, over to Stephen. (laughs) hey man how you doing hello alan i'm very well thanks how are you i'm um all good yeah fine all good all good how's things with you up in the in the north well cold and wet as usual Mm. Um, (laughs) yes it is miserable though isn't it and it's miserable down here in in sunny supposedly sunny cornwall which is hardly ever sunny on the beach today no no not today (laughs) because <laughs> the last time we were talking just before we starting, weren't we? The last time I saw you though was down in Courland, but it yeah. was years ago. What a lovely place it is! Oh, it's nice, man. We it absolutely
1: loved nice. it. You know, we, we, we love that um, that whole vibe that you've got down there, especially in the touristy areas. I don't maybe you don't like the touristy areas, but it's very um, it's it's there's a lot of independent businesses, independent cafes and pubs, and I love that kind of thing. It's nice to get away from the hustle and bustle of, of small town life. And yeah. chain restaurants and chain cafes and that kind of stuff, you know
0: That's true, or at least there was lots of individual businesses Well,
1: yeah <laughs> so, the times are changing, hopefully um, we'll be back up and running for this summer And uh, so I'm sure people will be itching to get out and...
0: Yeah, totally, totally I mean, I think, because we're back in lockdown again now And I think it was easier in a way, though, the first one Because it was more springy summer, wasn't it? And now it's like right. dark, cold winter, It makes it a bit tougher
1: The first one... <laughs> It, it, in some ways, was was quite enjoyable. I'm sure a lot of people would say the same thing, and I think it really comes down to the weather. Um, mm. You know, it was it was easier. I mean, we've we've got three kids, and it was nice to be able to get outside with them um, as alongside doing the schoolwork, and it kind of split up the day. And obviously, the the evenings are longer, and it's light later, so you can go out and and do all sorts of stuff. But now it's a little bit different mm. the, um, with the cold and the wet, and the and the kids going no not not another
0: round of homeschooling oh no yeah it's so yeah. true isn't it it is so true um yeah and getting them, my, my like only especially my wife is obsessed with getting the kids out i don't mind that much they seem quite happy in but she loves them to get them <laughs> out but it's a real struggle to get them outside in this weather yeah. especially yeah we just had to force our son to go out for
1: a bit this morning just to take the dog for a little walk around the block uh, but um yeah he's he's 13 so he's spends a lot of time in his in his room playing on his computer games and Mm. uh, watching youtube that kind of thing so you have to try and i mean you you can't tell them not to do that kind of thing but you have to try and balance it out a little bit but it's because there's nothing else for them to do so
0: Mm, it's tricky tricky. and what what was what was 2020 like for you in general though i know and it's good that we started talking about you know what was the year like how did you personally get through it you know did you shoot much at all what what was it like
1: well, I think in, in the end, I did something like n- nine weddings and okay. maybe ten.
0: And Well, all I, four major ones or some of them smaller oh my, like COVID d- ones?
1: I think I did six before before the lockdown kicked in in March. Um, quite a few winter weddings. And, uh, and you know, the winter weddings are quite difficult because of the light. Mm. Um, so I, don't, I didn't really think I, I got going in terms of my... Um, um, my wedding's season didn't really get going. It's like the winter's just a little bit of a warm up before the sun comes out. Mm. Um, and then it all, all kicked off and we had to close down and, um, <clears throat> weddings were postponed. So, it, it, and it, and because, and you'll know yourself when you've got kids at home and you work from home, it's, it's not always easy to, to, to balance that out. Mm-hmm. So, in a way, it, it could have been quite difficult, but in fact, it, we just felt like everything was on hold, and we were kind of optimistic that things would get back to normal sometime in the summer, maybe, maybe late summer even. <laughs> and so I thought, well, it's fine, you know. We're, we didn't lose too much business, um, and we thought, well, things are postponed, so we'll just make the most of the, the nice weather and <laughs> we'll go for walks. We went, we went walking, we went swimming in rivers and lakes, we went canoeing, we did all sorts of stuff. It was
0: brilliant. That's cool.
1: Um, and then, as time went on, we realised things weren't going to get back to normal very quickly, and mm. it dragged out a little bit. But do you know what? We we were fine, and the kids were happy. We we got through the year just about, and we're, we're on to the next. And and the, the turn of the new year, whilst things are still a little bit grey um, weather-wise and financially and everything else, kind of there's a, there's a little bit of optimism in the air with the, with the turn of the new year and the vaccine. And I think you know i'm 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 really hopeful that come spring things will start moving again even if even if just a little bit and it'll give everybody a real boost mm-hmm. heading into the summer and and we'll have a good summer at least that's
0: what I'm hopeful for anyway. Well I, I I'm like you as well. Totally. It's so much more hopeful, isn't it, at the start of this year than it was like March last year. I'm just amazed really that we do have like approved vaccines. I really didn't think that was going to happen that quickly. So that is awesome. But it's good to hear how you were kind of when I mean, you were, you sounded positive last year, then you didn't you didn't get down or anything. You sounded like you're in a in a good place, really. Yeah.
1: Ups and downs. And I think you, you, you the kids take priority, don't they? And um mm. Sally and I, we both work from from home. We did at the time actually. Sally's taken up a a full time job in a school, locally, yeah. which is just one of those things that circumstances dictated to us. And unfortunately, this job came up, um, which was suitable for us. So she's been working since um, October, uh, kind of full time in the school. And our kids were back at school by then, and, and so things were reasonably normal for us. And I was doing a little bit of work here and there, picking up things in the house as well. Um, so yes it, things change and um, you, you have to try and diversify and just kind of cope with, with what's going on and,
0: mm. and see,
1: just see through the um, see through the the fluff and kind of make sure you remember what's important which is I suppose that, that the kids are happy and, and that you can pay the bills and then the rest
0: of it you know it's all just just a waiting game, really, isn't it? That's so true. That so much is out of our hands in that way. And you're right. It's what you it's what you focus on, what you choose to focus on in the way. And as you say, the kid's happiness, you know, and that's so that's so important. It can be easy to lose sight of that and be thinking about the whole big grand scheme of things and to worry. And it can be easy to do that.
1: Mm. Yeah, it'd be, it, you could very easily get dragged down in, into all the negativity, couldn't you? Mm. But it's not
0: helpful. No, it isn't. You're right it isn't and it's looking so much more hopeful this year it really is it really really is it's all going to be well I think as you say spring onwards or hopefully or maybe summer you know maybe we'll get part of a decent summer season still possibly we just don't know still do we, we don't know no,
1: we don't we don't and and there's no point in getting worked up about things that we, we don't know or can't change so
0: no it's um, true.
1: just being accepting of it and
0: just living each day as as we can. Yeah, that's good advice, man. It's good advice. Good advice. Good advice. Um and you you mentioned there how it's, it's Sally your wife, isn't it? That's right, yeah. Yeah, and so she's she's um, doing a bit of teaching now. Didn't didn't you didn't you used to be a primary school teacher? <laughs> I did. Yeah.
1: Sa- Sally doesn't teach. She um well she would be a good teacher actually. She she um she worked on the operation side of the running of, of the oh, ice, Okay. which is cool. she does, yeah, it's quite a
0: fiddly job, but yeah. But you you used to be a primary school teacher, didn't you? I
1: did, yeah. I I trained as a as a primary school teacher in uh 2001 to the PGCE in primary okay cool what was that what was it like being a what pro- so what ages were you teaching uh, year uh, year year three to year six so it's kind of age seven to
0: eleven that kind right, okay well mm. and, do, and do, do you teach them like all the different subjects then yeah everything wow, wow what was what was it like did you did you enjoy it how long did you teach for and you know and then sorry lots of questions and then how did you get into the photography from you know being a teacher? So.
1: Well, I, it's one of those th- things that um, when I was um, when I was in high school and, you know, you finish your GCSEs and you start t- doing careers and they say, oh, you need to um, get these GCSEs and you need to have some careers advice. You fill in all the fo- forms and it's what are you interested in? So I filled in all the, the little tick box things to say what I'm interested in. And, and, it, and it came up at the end of the, the thing. It says you should be an oceanographer. That should be my job. An oceanographer? Yeah, that was that was what it said I should be. <laughs> What is an oceanographer? I, I think you, you study the, the seabed, yeah, uh. map the seabed, that kind of thing. Oh, cool. <laughs> okay. For, for it's a geologist, this kind of stuff. So I was inter- I'm interested in geography. I, I think I, I just have this love for, for being outdoors and um, a, a, adventure and that kind of thing. So I used to do a lot of walking and climbing, that kind of stuff. And geography uh. I found quite interesting. So ge- geography is a subject that you do when you don't know what you want to do. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I did geography. I did a, um, I did geography at A level. I also did music and um, oh. chemistry. Wow, and, that's quite a
0: diverse range of subjects. Just
1: random subjects. And and <laughs> what happened was I went into the careers interview before starting college, and I'd got my GCSEs, and I, I wanted to be a photojournalist. That's that was my aspiration at that time. So I went in with my GCSE results in hand I went into the college and said I want to be a photojournalist um, I want to do I want to do art because I to do photography and it doesn't have a, a photography A-level um, or a photography B-tech or anything like that can you hear my printer going? <laughs> yeah <laughs> kids are printing out the schoolwork
0: that's that's so funny there's so much to print out isn't there there's so much to print out do you you want to stop or is it all right (laughs) no carry on it's all good i can hear i like it gives authenticity of the time that we're doing it as well
1: well there you go so i I came out of that interview um going in wanting to be a a photojournalist and so i'll do i'll do the art i'll do english um i'll do a language i'll do some other bits and bobs um and I, i that's what that's what I wanted to do because I enjoyed writing at that time. I enjoyed photography, and the child coming in to pick up some printout. There you go. <laughs> that's all that's come out. <laughs> Not yet.
0: You'll have to come back in a minute. Sorry about this. That's all good.
1: good. printers in the office.
0: <laughs> anyway. I'm definitely going to keep it in. It's all good. It's all good. Where were we? Um, talking about yeah.
1: <laughs> so. The, yeah, so I went in wanted to be a photojournalist and I came out of the interview doing music, geography and chemistry because that's what the the college decided that I would be best at doing. Yeah. It's a bit bizarre. You, 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 you kind of get um, shoehorned down a route. So I did that and then I enjoyed geography the most. So I did a degree in physical geography, you know, sand dunes and glaciers and all that kind of stuff. All right, well, of course. Cool. What, what, what kind of job are you going to do in, with a a physical geography degree <laughs> apart from be a teacher. So following that, I did some work in a special school. And I thought, this, I kind of enjoy this. And then I did a PGCE. And at that time, you didn't have to pay to go to uni. Um, and in fact, to do a PGCE, you got a, a bursary. So I got paid to do that as well.
0: Yeah, that's cool.
1: came out of that, talk for a couple of years. And in fact, the first wedding I photographed was um, a friend of mine who I met on, on the course, Ian and
0: Michelle. Um, oh, in your PGCE. Or PGCE,
1: was
0: yeah. Uh, uh, cool. Uh, so <laughs> printers going again. Sorry if you can hear <laughs> that in the background. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. And what was that first wedding like?
1: Well, it it was it was it was fun, and um, I, I knew at that point that's that's something that, that I enjoyed doing. Um, but the funny thing is, I'm not I'm not a really um, sociable person, and being thrown into a massive social situation like a wedding I thought I would find it quite difficult but um, I found it very interesting and, and maybe it's because you, you distance from from the thing itself that, that I found it easy because you, you're there but you're not there
0: mm, that's um, true isn't it
1: uh, yeah te- technically I, I was okay um, my, <laughs> I suppose that the influence at that time because their wedding was in 2005 oh wow it's quite a while ago then that first one yeah wasn't there, there was quite a lot of cheesy wedding photography still knocking about and i was mm. i wasn't up to speed with what's what's going on in the industry and what the trends were so um the stuff that i did was probably a little bit cheesy and i may even admit that there might have been a little bit of colour pop going on
0: oh was... nice have you still got those photos up on your oh
1: yes <laughs> 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 hidden away somewhere <laughs>
0: no, but it was... it... It's mad, isn't it? Thinking back to the very first wedding, though, we all we all must have shot it very differently to what we shoot now. Yeah. So the, one of the things
1: I remember is is doing the group photographs on a tripod, and having a, a cable release on the camera. And That's proper cool, proper old school. <laughs> I was shooting the groups at like one sixtieth or something like that. <laughs> the, um trying to keep the ISO down because I was shooting that on a um a, a six no a, one of those old canons EOS. Uh, 300D, I think it was, and it was the very first digital camera that, that Canon made at consumer level. The other one was the 10D, I think, which is one my mate Ian owned, and he let me borrow it. So I
0: shot,
1: I shot my first wedding on a on a consumer
0: <laughs> the <a> kit lens. <laughs> That's cool, though. That's cool, yeah. man. This it shows it's all about the talent rather than the equipment, dude. Oh yeah, yeah. it's Easy to get carried away, isn't it? Yeah. So, so
1: yeah, and I had um, so I didn't have obviously I was a student at that time, but um, didn't have much in the way of spare cash, even though I did get
0: paid for going to university. What, what? How old were you then at that time when you did that first wedding?
1: Oh, now you now you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> Twenty
0: four. Twenty four. Right. Okay, that's young.
1: Probably people probably work that out and realize that that's, that's not correct. <laughs>
0: So you must have enjoyed that first one. I presume they liked the photos as well. Yeah,
1: they, they did. They loved the photos. Um, one of the one of the saddest things about it is um, Ian's wife Michelle sadly passed away a few years ago. Oh man. Um, and I'm still I'm still very close to Ian, and um, you know it just makes you realise the importance of these things.
0: <sighs> yeah. Gosh. Oh, that's awful.
1: I the, You know, I I did talk to them a lot about the pictures, and I know which pictures that, that they liked and why they liked them um and why other people yeah, at the wedding liked certain pictures for certain reasons and that obviously helps to, to have an insight in, in how you shoot
0: that's true isn't it because we don't get that in our day-to-day normal weddings you know Well i don't you know i don't really get feedback about certain images that the couples <laughs> liked or their family and friends so it's quite invaluable that kind of yeah. thing it,
1: it, it yeah it certainly is Um, something that you want to always keep in the back of your mind but um, of course the the, the more things you have in the back of your mind about how you're going to shoot the more it kind
0: of puts you off what you're actually doing Um, Mm. makes you sometimes second guess yourself Mm, that is true and you're, so your job as a teacher did you did you enjoy it you know no i think as a parent myself now you have like a different experience with teachers and well, um so you just think about it a bit more you know what was it like did you did you was it nervous going in and seeing the kids every day or did you get did you what was it like dealing with other parents and stuff was that a trickier than dealing with the kids themselves
1: well it it was fine you know it, it, it didn't have too much communication with the parents actually but but no it wasn't it wasn't difficult i found i I found it reasonably easy, I suppose, um, and I, I certainly think that um, teaching came slightly natural to me. Um, and the PGCS PGCE course itself is only nine months long, um, and halfway through that you get thrown into a classroom, and then after that you, you're expected to be qualified and being able wow. to a to job. So, so yeah, this yes. teaching runs in my family, as as does photography, actually. Oh, does it your parents uh, teachers or? My grand, my grandfather on my dad's side was a, um, a a teacher, and he used to he used to wear you know the cloak and the mortarboard type teacher.
0: Oh wow, cool! What, <laughs> he, like painting so, people and stuff. Sure, yeah,
1: probably. <laughs> nah. He um yeah he he also um was a wedding photographer, and he took pictures of the weddings at, at the church mostly, um, local to him, which is in uh, Near, near to glasgow oh wow So um, the way they did it he had a dark room in his cupboard under the stairs <laughs> and he used to go to the um go to the church they'd come out from the church he'd take all the pictures then he'd go home and that's that was wedding photography
0: wow.
1: back in those days um bad, and then and then he could get the, the film processed by a lab so what they used to do is get a bag of film from the wedding and hang it outside his front door and they come to collect it <laughs> Drop, drop the pictures off he'd put them in and slide them into an album and give it to the couple and that was that
0: done yeah wow, that's mad so different it's it's cool though that you've got teaching and wedding photography then in your kind of like in your heritage that is cool
1: yeah and, and you know what things the things that have happened recently have kind of made me realize i actually have an, another backup qualification that that could potentially earn me some money so i have been doing a little bit of work in schools recently just to keep the keep the money ticking over
0: oh, that's cool is that have you enjoyed doing that
1: yeah, it's, it's been pretty good. And and when, you, when you're when you only going in kind of part-time or supply, then you, you don't have any responsibility, really. Mm, uh, well, you do have responsibility. That's a lie, but um, not, not as much as a permanent class teacher. Right, yeah. So trying to, you know, the, I even consider going back into that because, you know, when you when you do something for a living and all of a sudden it stops and you, you kind of question yourself, what, what am I doing here and what's my long-term goal and can I keep doing this? Yeah, and you think, well, I need to, I need to book more weddings for the year after next, and there's so much competition, and you think, well, actually, I've kind of enjoyed slowing down a little bit, and maybe I can mm-hmm. do something else. But um I'm sure a lot of people have, have felt the same.
0: Yeah, what a year to reevaluate just everyone's kind of disposition and life, and just mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah, I mean, it's it's mad, isn't it? It's is mad. um It's, it's, it's unprecedented. It is, isn't it? No one could have thought we would have anything like this ever. Um, I, I remember... Like it's early March. I went to Vegas or whatnot, and my parents like yeah. got me these hand wipes because they're they're quite old. they in you know like the eighty. Well, my dad's eighty this year, and they they were hearing about COVID, but and I know they got they bought me all these like hand wipes. on the plane, and I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, I'll use them, I'll use them. But then, then, little did I know, wow! On the flight back, I was definitely using them because COVID was just entering like America then and stuff. And it was like, wow, this is proper real. It was uh, mad.
1: Ramped took pretty quick, didn't it? Yeah, it really
0: did. Thrown into it, it and you get your head, it takes a little while to get your head around it oh yeah and I went like last I had times down times last year it was a it was a I know that roller coaster is a cliche and there are more downs I think than ups but it was yeah anyway it did it's just been mental it's just been mental but you're you're teaching then you know because lots of photographers do workshops which I think is great by the way I think what you know I I don't have many bugbears about our industry one thing I don't like is that when you'll be in some little groups and, and and then people go oh this person starting their own workshop they must think they're great you know they've only been a wedding photographer for like six months or whatnot i couldn't you believe they're doing a workshop I and mean, i i have massive respect for people who put themselves out there you know and, and do a workshop i really do yeah
1: um, I, I actually came on a workshop that you did quite a long time ago oh that's when we first met wasn't it was it the, i think that was i think so yeah and the uh, S- just on seo wasn't it that then it was seo and it was a joint workshop that you did with steve gerard yeah oh there were, few, there were a few other people who we still know
0: um uh, we're on that workshop as well oh yeah Mick Shaw was there wasn't he as well yeah Uh, but anyway uh, but but you've done your own workshops now and I was just wondering you know did I guess your teaching experience must um must have had you know a big effect on on how you do your workshops as well and that must be such a big plus that most people me included you know I I don't have any teaching background so I, I, I know I've just kind of done my own workshops without any experience but yeah it must have really helped you I guess yeah I think so and
1: um maybe to do with the way that I I talk to people although my wife says I've got a bit of a monotone voice I have to make it (laughs) down a little bit so (laughs) something I'm working on something I'm working on anyway yeah so but I've been been on a handful of workshops not not loads actually in my my time and the, the the one thing that I found about many of the workshops I went on earlier in my career is that you you see a photographer, they show you all of their fancy pictures (laughs) and then they tell you how you, how they do things. And then they tell you that you should do things exactly the same. Mm. Um, And you may glean a few nuggets as you go through and take something away that you might use in your own work. But in fact, the the teaching part of it wasn't there. So when I started my, my first workshop that I ever did actually was an editing workshop and it was, um, it was in Manchester, and uh, actually, I was uh, <laughs> I planned it all out perfectly and, and tried to make it interesting and chopping and changing between things, and I wanted I wanted people to learn how to do stuff, and I didn't want people to learn how to do things like me, mm. but I wanted to teach why we edit in a certain way, why something needs changing and how to do things, how to achieve different looks and, and uh, colour theory and all this kind of stuff that you'd learn and take away and it would help with your own stuff. Funny story about that though is I was actually late for my first workshop. <laughs> because um when I was when I was leaving the house, I left the house very early to get to Manchester, which is only an hour away. Um I left the house before six o'clock in the morning and there was a huge traffic jam on the motorway.
0: Oh, a nightmare. And,
1: and I I was flustering the night before and I I was gonna do it on my laptop and I thought I need more power, so I need to bring my PC. So I put the PC in the car with the keyboard and the mouse and everything. I got to Manchester uh, really, really late, and I was panicking all the way. I was ringing Sally and I said, I'm going to be late. I'm going to be late. What am I going to do? And uh, this, um, I couldn't find a place to park then because I was I was late. <laughs> and then I had to look this this big old um, PC unit. A proper desktop, desktop proper PC, proper PC, yeah. PC. I was looking that down the road, and I was sweating buckets. <laughs> And I got there, and there was a bunch of people waiting outside the, the room. They'd had a nice cup of coffee, and I was, I'm really sorry. I'm, I was about half an hour late, I think. I'm really sorry, I'm late. And I was, I was sweating, and my face was red, and I was so flustered.
0: Um, everyone was fine though. That's so funny! What a way to start <laughs> your very—that was your very first workshop. My very first workshop. Bloody, <laughs> oh I'm not doing this again.
1: It's Ridiculous, and it? Uh, you know.
0: <laughs> but you did. You've done you numerous have, ones, haven't you?
1: Yeah, the, the editing one, I enjoy editing. Editing is what, what really started me off being really interested in the digital side of photography. And I said I shot my first wedding with a digital camera. I did, had shot film before that, and I sold all of my film gear to buy a digital camera. Uh, okay. What I used to do with the film stuff is I used to shoot slide film, and I'd scan it in um, with my mate Ian's slide scanner, Ian, who I <laughs> photographed my first wedding.
0: Uh, okay, cool, yeah.
1: And um, – and I would get it get it up in Photoshop because I think we we did have um, Camera Raw within Photoshop at that point. But um, I'd convert the slide into a JPEG and then edit the JPEG. And that's where my passion was, really, in, in this kind of digital stuff and being able to change things in an image and change colors mm-hmm. with, and, and just create and just create something out of nothing and create something that's just just completely unique so i used to go i used to go for example i'd go to the beach i'd take a picture of the the beach and then i would go to the zoo and take a picture of an elephant and then i'd get it onto the computer and i'd cut out the elephant and put it in the sea (laughs) cool (laughs) make it look like it was actually there and it looked awful to be honest and so (laughs) (laughs) you
0: didn't put a bride and groom on it as well like being chased uh, by an elephant on the beach i've done that Um, (laughs) i I love editing and i
1: love i love shooting stuff in in camera like getting liking getting right in camera um mm-hmm. and i appreciate people who can do that really well and i'm not i was never one of those people so i was always one of these people who couldn't use a camera very well but i could edit to make up for the lack of camera skills
0: <laughs> no that's not true there's nowadays,
1: nowadays I'm, I'm a bit different and i'm quite happy that i can and especially with this digital stuff now there's very little tweaking that you need to do once you once you kind of settle on style which and don't know if i actually have yet
0: but
1: (laughs) once you once you know a little bit more what you are doing, it you obviously you need to edit less um Mm
0: -hmm. that's true isn't it that is true i think it's cool as well that you you know you started with a kind of a proper well a niche within a niche you know wedding photography is a niche but then to do a whole workshop on editing i think was a really good idea you know a lot of people's workshops are just kind of general aren't they really so i think that was really good Well,
1: the the reason i didn't do that again was it, it I think it was it was just a little bit boring and I'm going to do some other stuff well <laughs> this was my lockdown plan I was going to do some other stuff to do with with training relating to editing um, yeah so watch this space maybe I'll get round to it when the kids go back to school yeah you should do it again man you should and for that and and for the technology and how and how things work but not you know just and and why we edit stuff and how to make images better so there's two parts to it really um, so there's the the overall look of stuff and the technical side of it but it's also the, the critique part isn't there and mm. what 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 does an image need to to, Im- to make it better how can you improve an image just through editing
0: yeah definitely I mean, it's and there's a really proper call for that as well you we should definitely do it mm. and then you've you've also done workshops specifically on flash as well though, haven't you? Yeah.
1: so the flash is the same and I, I wanted the flash to be um to be something that people learn about about light and 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 how um Exposure works in relation to, to ambient light and flashlight and, and explain it in such a way that people have the knowledge to be able to go away and, and use that to, to apply to their own style rather than say, this is how I do it. These are the settings. Go and do that. Um, and and people to, to just have the knowledge to go away and create their own stuff.
0: That's proper core. Cool. That I mean as you I mean, as you kind of alluded to as well, that's proper teaching. That isn't like yeah. not just copying, just do what I do. It's proper teaching to that's give right. people the knowledge and tools for them to do it themselves and
1: that's exactly how I wanted it to be. I didn't I really didn't want it to be one of these ones and and, and so I don't start with a slideshow of my own work, I start with this is mm-hmm. what we're gonna, gonna learn about aperture, shutter speed, ISO, how that and then add a flash in and how how a flash adds to that exposure triangle making it a very complicated pentagon but <laughs> but how to think about that and how to think about light in such a way that that we can calculate it um using using numbers and obviously <laughs> but, but we can also just think about it in in terms of 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 the each thing separately on a, on a scale going up and down and how that affects the other things within that
0: Mm, that's very cool and the people that have come on your flash one did like some of them come on there like having like hardly ever used any kind of off-camera flash you get a yeah. multi-range of, yeah yeah a whole range of different people using different flash systems because well. it is something that is kind of just known within our industry as uh, for some people being you know like magic really that a lot of wedding photographers uh, you, you know don't have much of a clue about so uh, you should definitely do more of those those flash yeah,
1: but, um, but i did have to, I had to cancel a couple this year because of the, mm. the- the covid spot um we do have one still which may go ahead in march
0: okay but fingers not crossed
1: much point in, in planning much at the moment just see
0: how it pans out no there isn't is there and the guess, way you with your flash you're really known as are so good with the flash but do you I use the flash as well as for your portraits do you use the flash at any other times during the day you know like for the speeches or anything
1: yeah yeah all the time i do yeah all the time if, wow, the, cool. if, if the quality of light isn't isn't good enough on the subject then i'll add some light in and of course cameras can deal with with any kind of light conditions these days and you could you could shoot a wedding almost in the dark and it would be okay um, but i just think that it, there are some situations in which the, the flash can can help to improve the improve the quality of
0: your image yeah mm-hmm. cool and do you talk about that on your workshop as well yeah, so how yeah. Different type. yeah. that's all good yeah. also yes yeah, um and and, and
1: and do you know what i'm like many photographers i'm i'm a big fan of natural light and if there was a big window i would use it over, over flash any day of the week right mm. um, but quite often as you know
0: there isn't mm-hmm. yeah darkest part of the venue like put the, the best man in or something
1: yeah um, i like shoot outdoor weddings in the south of france every week <laughs> you wouldn't need a flash at all
0: that's true that's true i'm just looking for the, looking forward to the time where i'll have that decision whether to use flash or not you know just actual weddings going ahead that'll be yeah that was nice i only shot uh two weddings last year only one full wedding you know so that was in january and then i shot one small covid wedding in like october that was it for me man mad
1: how did you find the covid wedding
0: um i had gps so it it got me there
1: (laughs) 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 boom boom (laughs) Your, your um of course documentary pure documentary so you know a lot of it comes from facial expressions and trying to trying to tell us through through reactions and emotions and that you
0: know i've done a few lockdown weddings and obviously people wearing masks is it's quite tricky it is definitely trickier yeah it is isn't it? it is i find just in general day-to-day life now you know when you're like out picking up the kids when they were back at school Mm. and you're wearing a mask and i like someone will hold the door open or something or and and you'll normally you just smile at them or or something and you just realize that they can't see that smile. It takes so much away.
1: I remember being at a, a wedding in in October and I remember coming in and meeting the, the mother of the bride and I seriously had a mask on. <laughs> I am smiling underneath this mask. <laughs> so, just so you know, I'm smiling all day long.
0: <laughs> yeah oh, it's mad isn't it i just I, the one good thing about the mask though especially again doing the school run back in the winter was that it just kept your face all nice and warm that was just quite yeah, nice i think that's true <laughs> mm, it was nice um, let's let's change tacks slightly uh Stephen. okay let's go a bit random one okay um, if you if you could be someone else for a day living or dead who would you be now
1: these are the questions that you'd think i would have would have researched and practiced and have have an immediate answer
0: for you. Um, uh, uh, no idea. Absolutely no idea. No, that's a very peculiar question, isn't it? I, 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 I quite like being myself. That's a good thing, man. Have you always been like that, you know, throughout your life, not really I'm, bothering what people think and stuff. And
1: well, yeah, on and off, on and off. And, and in this industry, especially with um, all of the social media and, and, Podcasts <laughs> and, and all these, and so much going on. It's it, it's quite easy to kind of fall into a trap of of maybe producing work that you you think other people are going to like mm. for the wrong reasons, you know. Just um, or or not putting work out there because
0: you think you might get criticised. Oh yeah, both those. That's so valid. Both of those, and they're kind of almost opposite ends of the spectrum.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, I've, no, I've I think a lot of
1: creative people are, are the same but you know we're we have this intrinsic urge to create something and share it with the world um but the the thing that you have to do of course is is to not really care what people think about it because it's your work and you what's happened is you've, you've created it from from something within yourself an inspiration that may have come from a long time ago or, or recently but it's inside you and you, you create it and and it's your instincts that have made it how it is
0: mm.
1: and so if you like it, then it's good enough.
0: And if I other, like that.
1: If other people don't like it, then you, you you need to try not to care. Very difficult thing to do. But, um, you know, and there's always time for, for critique, of course, um, constructive critique from the right mm. person,
0: mm. which is, has helped me. What? if you've requested it though in my what? opinion anyway hey yeah i hate it when you just unrequested uh, criticism it just sucks
1: oh yeah it's terrible and there's a lot of that knocking about isn't
0: there yeah yeah trolls i say honestly this. i i think one of the best pieces of advice ever I, you know taught everybody gets taught i think as a kid is that if you have nothing nice to say you just don't huh. say anything it's so yeah. simple
1: it Is why waste your energy why why even why even bother wasting time looking at stuff you don't like you
0: don't, yeah. need, to t- you don't need to tell people <laughs> that whole comparison thing though did you ever was did you ever go through a certain point in your career where you would look at people's work more than i don't know and just compare yourself more at a certain time have you or have you always been like that for me it's always been it's been like a roller coaster you know sometimes it's just a funny thing isn't it how are you now do you do you look at people's work much now or
1: no and i've always i've always been um I, i've always actively actually tried to not look at other people's work and especially in this in this country and people are close around as who you might say are our competition Mm. Uh, people who have inspired me in in terms of wedding photography I suppose there have been a a few people in this country but mostly people in other countries (laughs) maybe it's because they have better light and better weather (laughs) Um, some people who I found their work is um, appealing and I've I've followed followed those people right so 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 for example if I've got a, a, a wedding at a venue I've never been to before I won't I won't look at what other people have done at that venue. Um,
0: that's I'll good.
1: Try to come up with my own ideas by going to the place and having a little wander around and seeing what what I think i I'll be able to come up with. Mm,
0: that's like, cool, and it's that that's cool. and that's not a that's not an arrogance, you know. It's not a, I know that from you. That isn't thinking that you're just going to take better stuff than anyone's taken there. You just want to do it your own way, don't There's no point in just replicating what other photographers are doing.
1: No, and and do you know what I've always. I've always been an advocate of, of how you sell yourself is by producing good work and, and work that's that's unique and is um, kind of within your style and consistent within that. And you can be influenced very easily by looking at other people's stuff, especially if you go into a venue and you think, oh, they've done this at this venue. We need to do the same kind of thing. And sometimes your clients can pull you down that road as well, mm. uh, which is fine. You take a shot. It's not a problem, is it? Um but, yeah, trying to, trying to stay unique is, is is something that I think that will, will help your business succeed. So I've always been an advocate of doing good work, people will book you. And that the business side of things is is secondary to that. Now, I'm slowly coming around a little bit because um, I'm sure, like, like a lot of photographers, I've found that in the last few years um, that there's been quite a lot. Of, competition of them seems seems to be more wedding photographers than there ever have been and everybody seems to be pretty good actually mm-hmm. so, so the business side of things is is becoming a little bit more important to me and I'm, I'm working on it and I think I, I started out at a time when there wasn't that much competition and and because I hadn't really looked at much other work especially kind of English based cheesy photographers at that time <laughs> I was influenced by a more kind of modern approach from australia and america that i was able to produce stuff that was a little bit different and and standing out in in a saturated market marketplace is is really key um when you've, you've got a, you know a whole wealth of photographers who you could go on any website and look at 10 in a row and they could all be almost the same so uh, true and and you know i think not looking at other people's stuff can
0: help you yeah so yeah, true worked. it's so true man I totally I think that's honestly really really great advice and I think for me that helped as well in that like I didn't start this career by second shooting or anything I just went out there and did it and, and maybe a lot of people would say that's stupid or whatnot but I do <laughs> I do firmly believe you just got to go for things at times in life you know um but I think that helped in the way that I didn't second shoot because I didn't you know, end up having a style that was just like my kind of mentor or whatnot. I just had to go out there and photograph how I kind of saw and felt it, really. Yeah, I'm the same. Didn't do didn't do any second shooting at all mm.
1: until oh maybe maybe five years in. In fact, I didn't. I didn't. Um, I didn't even. Realised there wasn't a wedding photography community until I'd been shooting for about seven or eight years. Actually, <laughs> that's cool in a way, though, isn't it? That's cool in a I way. I didn't talk to anyone. I didn't really know anyone who did wedding photography. Um, people didn't have blogs, so
0: wow. you know. It's,
1: you know, people say it's a lonely existence being a wedding photographer. It's certainly, a lot less lonely than it used to be.
0: That's true. Then, yeah, that is true. That is true. Yeah. That was one of the best things for me. With the the first workshop I ever went on was a Steve Gerard um, workshop, and he had Ed Piers come for a bit. And it was just finding that community of other wedding photographers. I just yeah. love that. I mean, his workshop was eight as well, but mm. but I mean, just meeting those other people and, and discovering that other worlds of our photographers it was a big eye opener for me. It was really cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's good to see that people have the same, um, the same struggles as well, and mm, that's true. They can relate
0: to that. Yeah, it's important, isn't it? Um, let's let's change tack again slightly, Steve. i hey. um, something I want. I just wanted to try for the podcast this year. Um, well, we'll just see. It might be awful after the first episode. You're the guinea pig, so <laughs> you might, maybe the first time, I, first and last time I do this. But I just thought a bit of fun, um, kind of like a just a fun little quiz type thing. You're excited for that. (laughs) I love quizzes, (laughs) but it's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say I'm going to read out like a Netflix synopsis of either of a movie or a series, and I want you to see if you can name the series or film from the synopsis. All right. Okay. Okay. I'm going to start with an easy one. Okay. So (laughs) I know this is random, but that could be fun. You could play along at home if you're listening. (laughs) You're listening. Play along. Um, Okay. So so the synopsis is. This hit sitcom follows the merry misadventures of six twenty-something pals as they navigate the pitfalls of work, life, and love in 1990s Manhattan.
1: Okay, that's easy,
0: because oh, friends. Yeah,
1: yeah. My daughters just watched the whole thing.
0: Oh, really? All all like, is it ten the... series or something?
1: Yes, or more, I think.
0: Wow, gosh. I, I remember watching it when it was on, and missing out several series. <laughs> I did yeah we did the same I was obsessed with it at the beginning though I I absolutely loved Jennifer Aniston I used to have like pictures of her in my like school diary (laughs) and stuff (laughs) Jennifer Aniston and it was all Johnson I liked at that time as well (laughs) (laughs) but yeah I love friends I used to watch on VHS like episode of just repeating the episodes I loved it anyway anyway okay next one you ready for your next one go on
1: Yeah,
0: okay so this is a movie Okay, the synopsis is It's a clash of cultures and a recipe for comedy when a crocodile hunter is plucked from the Australian outback for a visit to the Big Apple.
1: That's see easy, see that one, Alan. Come on, test me. <laughs> what is it? What is it? Um,
0: crocodile Dundee. Good one. Two out of two. Okay, I'm going to go a bit harder That's then. Old. That's quite old, actually, showing my age there. That is old, isn't it? I remember watching that as a kid. Mm. Okay, I'll go a bit tougher one then. Okay. Go on. Okay, A Chance Encounter brings together reserved bookstore owner William Thacker and Hollywood icon Anna Scott, who forge an improbable romance. Hmm.
1: Now that's probably obvious for people who've watched it. <laughs> yeah, rom-coms. Are, rom- are, no. are you not into rom-coms? I, I, I like all sorts of stuff,
0: but I don't think I've seen that one. Oh, okay. Got me, got me there. So I give you a clue? Who's in it? Ronin. Hugh Grant and Julia Roberts. Um, Notting Hill. Nice. Boo, that's good. I guess there we good. go. Let's do another one because this is fun. Okay. Um, eight US Army Rangers penetrate German-held territory during World War II to find and bring home a soldier whose three brothers have been killed. Mm. Uh, Saving Private Ryan. Good. Yes.
1: Good. Gets it. <laughs> it's good.
0: <laughs> All right, and one last one. It's an old one. A film I've never seen actually, but I want to watch. Okay, so last one. Comedy great John Candy gives a signature performance as a notoriously irresponsible uncle left to care for his oh, brother's yeah. kids. Oh yeah, Uncle book Good. Yeah. Is it? I've never seen it. Is it good? Yes, yeah, great. Yeah, good stuff. Well done, man. You did well there. That was fun. I like that. <laughs> I, say, I say it's great. I I made my
1: kids watch um, Never Ending Story and The Dark Crystal oh. and these kind of films quite recently. They hated them all.
0: Did they hate them? Did they yeah. cry? When I remember when that ho- Never Ending Story, when the horse in the quicksand. Oh, terribly that's sad. Awful, isn't it? And that's like quite near. It's quite near the beginning, isn't it? Yeah. I'm going to make them watch Labyrinth tonight. Oh, good. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I love that's- that. <laughs> that's creepy, though, as well. Actually, yeah, it's a bit odd, isn't it? How old's your youngest? Five. Same as yours, I think. <laughs> oh, yes, it's true. Yeah. Wow. Well, let me know how they get on with it, uh, because I, I'd like them to watch that. So, talking again, I spoke of Jennifer Connelly and Ulrika Johnson, but Jennifer Connelly is in Labyrinth, who I also oh, had a massive crush on. Mm. Of course. Quite young, days. <laughs> this, <is. laughs> this is so funny. Owl's crushes. It's funny. <laughs> new, new podcast idea. <laughs> well, thank you for being my my guinea pig for that round. So I liked it yeah, at all you know, And you did very well. Very well actually. Right, um, I want to I want to ask you about you. So you wrote an article a while ago about how um about how wedding photography competitions aren't fixed and why you personally find them to be a good thing. And obviously I agree with you, you made fantastic points in there. Um I just wondered what was your impetus in, in writing that article, you know, and, and did you read any of the comments that people left on Petapixel?
1: Mmm. yeah i did um my my impetus for writing that article was i suppose it i suppose it came from i I don't do this a lot now but i used i would go on in facebook groups and people would mention certain competitions Mm -hmm. and um, and say that they were fixed and say they weren't entering them and they were a waste of money and all this kind of thing and um for me my business really took off um, as a result of winning the regional wedding industry awards uh, yeah. a time ago, but it really did help my business and around that time, I was entering fearless awards as well um, which which helped to keep my work fresh now, of course, th- there is a downside to these things, but for me, entering awards is something that kept me motivated um I enjoyed seeing seeing the other winning images in in modern competitions um which which helped to give you inspiration and keep you creative um but it also helps you to look at your own work kind of subjectively and do a little bit of self-critique and um so that that really helped me to to be to focus on the quality of my work and improve in areas where I needed to improve so I would I would also ask for people's constructive criticism on a photograph so why why would this image not win why would this image not win and you know identifying areas for improvement Mm. so for for me it's just it's just one of those things that that keeps me motivated and um, it helps me helps me to think about what I'm doing a little bit as well
0: no and i totally totally agree and obviously people would probably think that i would be biased obviously we're running of reportage course. but <laughs> <laughs> but i think there are so many different reasons why someone would choose to enter awards or not and so and they're all just you know it's valid what i just find funny is as you say people just complaining about them or whatnot if you know if you don't if you don't want to enter them mm. just don't enter it's quite simple really in that way you if know. You don't
1: if you don't like a certain genre of music, don't listen to that genre of music, don't listen to it and then complain about it. Yeah, totally. It's,
0: that it's odd, isn't it? Um yeah, it's,
1: <laughs> oh, when yeah, you... it's to their own and, and some of it's personal, some of it's business. Um mm. and I, I remember listening to your podcast with Frank Boutonnet and oh, yeah. saying that his his business model was based around the fact that he, that he did win awards and mm. of course that's good for business and it's good to have for clients who have brand confidence and there are other ways to do that of course but it's one method and it's certainly yeah uh, certainly business um, definitely in that respect
0: mm, no i totally i totally agree uh, for me personally you know the awards and i still for my own way of photography now you know i have a little drop down how did you find me and a lot of them say awards or top topless so oh, yeah. i it works practically for me and as you said when you won that TWIA then so you noticed did you notice a proper effect from winning that yeah Yeah,
1: definitely and and I follow up where 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 did people find me and people people did find me on that listing that directory um and on fearless um so I did have a good number of inquiries that came as a result of awards too yeah Mm. yeah
0: makes sense um, yeah and it's all good that that article was interesting though and i, I saw some of the comments on Petapixel. how did you what was it like getting those kind of comments it's so i mean obviously you've got some supportive ones as well but you got a lot of trolls as well
1: yeah i suppose you, you have to accept that when you're putting yourself out there and putting your opinion out there i'm i i do not even remember what people said from a negative point of view it's just something that goes over my head
0: that's good way to be man it's good good way
1: yeah to be. I, just, I, I, I mean i p- generally on social media whatever you're looking at whether it's photography or anything else what um what kind of annoys me and makes me shake my head is that you know anybody can put anything on facebook for example that's relatively serious and you see that people have put a a laughing emoji on it or negative comment i just think it's very sad
0: Mm -hmm. Um, and i just i'm just glad i'm not one of those people yeah man. Hey. Good. <laughs> no, I totally agree with you. And I, I hardly look at Facebook now. Not for in yeah. you know, I'm not for a specific reason. I understand some people go off it, you know, properly for a year, and I totally respect that as well. And yeah. I just for, find out I'm just more productive by not. And so oh, what, sorry. for a year, not a year. Alright. <laughs> yeah. uh, sorry <laughs> <laughs> it's funny i do it's weird i say that then is it i don't know is it just me or is it just the area i'm from i don't know people have listened to your
1: last episode <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny oh yeah I, I wanted to ask you how often do you get chance of rooney in your life does it happen a lot oh, Do
1: you know what when i was a teacher that used to happen quite a lot
0: <laughs> oh yeah i bet yeah because wayne oh. wayne rooney was was around about that time
1: when i was when i was teaching um, and I was teaching in Liverpool and Chester and Wirral. Um well yeah, so the, the question I always got asked was are you related to Wayne Rooney? I get it, I still get it sometimes now. Are you? Are you? Um yeah, I'm his father. That's <laughs> what I used to say. And say, are yeah oh
0: yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's are fun. you are you a football fan? Are you a football fan? I am a football fan, yeah. For my sins. I support uh. everything. Oh, you to Everton as well. Oh, cool! Yeah, I
1: was I was ten years old. We used to live. We used to live in. I was born in Scotland. We used to live. So I've supported Scotland as a as a national team. Oh, Okay, that's so a shame. In, we used to live in. Oh, Bark- sorry about that. Bark- sorry about that. Bark- Let's <laughs> see. I'm I'm very proud, Scott. Actually, <laughs> um, we used to live in Royal Berkshire oh. till I was about ten. So when I was young, I didn't really follow football that much, and. I- I supported Arsenal, or at least that's what I said when people asked me. <laughs> and, uh, so I moved up, up here um, when I was about 10 years old and I supported
0: Everton ever since. Uh, cool. Uh, oh, cool. So see you got the right name for that. Good. Didn't, didn't he start uh, his career as Everton, didn't he? He did, yeah. Very young very young chap. <laughs> that's cool. Cool. Yeah, proud surname, man. Proud surname. Yeah,
1: of really? course, an Irish name. If you go, if you go to, to like Galway, everybody's called Rooney over there.
0: Ah, uh, okay. So, yeah. yeah. And you were born in Scotland. Only, only, my wife was born in Glasgow.
1: Yeah, I was born in Edinburgh. We have a lot of family over the Glasgow way. Oh, that's nice. Born in Edinburgh. Moved away when I was about two. But yeah, I still have a, a, a strong kind of association with the place. I love it. We've been we've been up there camping since, and it's just a beautiful place. Aww. Nice place.
0: It is nice, isn't it? I need to go more. I did a wedding, wasn't it last year, the year before, in Dornoch, which is, like, really, really high. That's, like, 800-mile round trip from me or something. Oh, that is
1: incredible.
0: Yeah, but it's beautiful up there, beautiful. Um, it's And nice I stuff. went with Oni's family, we went to the Colancy, which is a little island off Scotland. I don't know if you know. Mm,
1: no, don't think I've heard
0: of that yeah, one. It's just really pretty. It's just beautiful up there. It is, it's just It beautiful. is.
1: yeah. Uh, and we, I remember travelling through, we were going up towards um fort william and i was driving and sally was asleep in the passenger seat the kids were asleep in the back and i had to wake her up to show her the
0: scenery (laughs) was she happy with that was she okay (laughs) she was fine she was fine with it um okay okay, so let's go back to photography what would be what would be your top tips to help someone become better at the documentary side of what we do ah back
1: to the documentary
0: yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I
0: know we've talked a
1: lot about flash and creativity and all that stuff, and I do all that, but, of of course, documentary is the holy grail, really. And it's far more difficult to do good documentary work than it is to take a creative off-camera flash portrait. Do you think, really? I do, yeah, very much so.
0: That's cool.
1: Um, Well, to do it well, to do do it well and understand what you're doing and incorporate that as part of a a story, Mm. yes, something that takes a lot of thought. Um, But, yeah, I... I think to improve your documentary stuff is is to just have a have a genuine interest in the people that you're photographing. Mm. Uh, to just just let yourself become immersed in the wedding and the and the people and enjoy it with them and be there and be present.
0: And, mm.
1: That's and so you, true. You Can do that and you kind of get into the zone then. And you know, I, you've mentioned yourself that you you still get nervous to going into weddings and podcasts yeah. and and other things but you know and i'm the same but once you once you start shooting you forget all that and and you're just there with your camera and everything Mm -hmm. else kind of pales away and you just you've got what's in front of you and you can only see and hear what's happening and you just have to interpret that and um, empathize with the scene and, and try and represent that in a way that um you think that your client will will um we'll look at the pictures and and remember and it's and it's authentic and it's real so really just getting to know your clients before the wedding on the day of the wedding talking to people and just getting involved um just just to get a feel for the vibe and represent that
0: vibe as as best you can yeah that's cool man that's great advice and is that something that has that just come naturally to you to you know from the start of your career or you you know did you always kind of approach weddings in that kind of kind of relaxed but you know getting into there getting to know the people kind of way or is it just some, is it something that you've just kind of
1: yeah i've always consciously made sure people are comfortable with me being around mm. and, it, and it obviously you can improve those skills over time and you can get closer without worrying too much because obviously you start out and you think oh, i'll best keep my distance and i think when i started i used to shoot a lot with like a, um, a 70 to 200 or a 70 to 300 mm-hmm Sigma lens manual focus that I bought for 30 quid secondhand. <laughs> 30 quid,
0: nice, nice. Yeah.
1: And and my um my Sunpak flash that I bought for twenty quid from the second hand shop. <laughs> which wasn't even compatible with my camera, which is the good story, but that's how you learn to shoot manual flash. Funny. Anyway. <laughs> um Yeah, so a fly on the wall from a distance is is different to a a fly on the wall. <laughs> there's not it's <a> <laughs> not a fly something that's in the middle of the action a fly on the floor or something. <laughs> yeah. maybe the fly would be too low down
0: maybe oh yeah. like... a different angle though different angle maybe something else like in a, a
1: tree or <laughs>
0: but so that's I mean, so true isn't it it's so different if you're far away from the action on those long lenses
1: yeah. so now i so i used to, to use that and then i a then moved to a 50 and i could get a bit closer and i'd still feel comfortable with being that close and i thought people were okay with it and then i moved from a 50 to a 35 and now i shoot most of the documentary stuff with a 35 and i'm i'm close i'm getting a similar frame as i used to get with a 70 to 200 um but you're there in the action people the, the more you're there i think the more people will ignore you
0: mm. yeah which is the odd uh paradox almost always. yeah it's
1: funny isn't it and you, you can hear what's going on and you get a feel from it, and you can, um, I mean, you know, you can make you can make eye contact with people. I'm not one of these pure documentarists, as as you as you can tell from <laughs> my work. Uh, yeah. and make eye contact with people, and you can
0: smile to people, and you can reassure people. That's so and true. That smile make... is a big difference. That smile, yeah. uh, and, and getting people just comfy in your presence, and then they they ignore you more when they're just happy with you being there. So yeah, good. That's it. I think some people can forget that. I think some people can forget. I mean, I think some people think it's really important to have a very kind of professional facade, you know. But I, for me personally, I just think it's best just to be yourself, be warm and open, and you don't. The professional, what's the word? Professionality, professionalism mm. is not. It's not that important, I think. Mm. I no, it's yeah. I think you know
1: things have changed over the years, and like when I first started, <laughs> I used to wear a suit with a tie.
0: <laughs> yeah, and me, I did as well, actually. Yeah.
1: Now I wear jeans, dark yeah. dark jeans. And I still look smart, you know. <laughs> um, yes, people people, you've been booked for the wedding. People are paying you a lot of money. They know that you're professional. They wouldn't have booked you
0: otherwise. Yeah, exactly. So, That's true. That is true. Um, dude let's 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 go on let's change text slightly i like this question i like this question okay (laughs) have you ever made any really memorable mistakes Mm, in my life yeah in (laughs) your life could be could be in life or business or working whatever i don't know i make mistakes all the time i think it's important (laughs) to make mistakes it's true isn't it It it's true but have you never had any like kind of like you never had a card fail like during I guess that wouldn't be a mistake anyway. That wouldn't be your fault in there. You've never had any nightmare at a wedding. I've
1: had I've had um, I've had cards fail. I've had cameras fail. I've dropped lenses. Yeah, I've, um, yeah that all that kind of stuff. I've, I've never lost images. Um, That's right. And for most of my career, I did use cameras of the 5D Mark 1 and 2, which
0: and then of course, the uh, 300D, which only had one card slot. <laughs> um, yeah, to do imagine doing weddings now, just, I, I couldn't do it. I think with a one-card slot, even though I've never had a card fail, I just—I'd be too yeah. paranoid.
1: Yeah, I've had a couple of cards fail, but I've always managed to, to retrieve the images from them. Uh, that's cool, fortunately. But I tell you what, it's horrible, isn't it? When
0: you think you've lost something, oh. you come over in a cold sweat oh yeah when I missed that one first kiss at one wedding I've only missed one first kiss and it was it wasn't my fault the, 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 the uh, lens just didn't focus at that time which <laughs> was one of those really quick ones yeah, but I yeah. knew I'd missed it you know I chimped and I knew I'd missed it and it kind of threw me for quite a while then as well
1: yeah it's horrible it's horrible yeah I've had things things break at the wrong time fortunately um I dropped a, I dropped my 35 which is my my workhorse at one wedding right at the beginning, the groom was arriving at the church and I, I was lying on the floor, I dropped it from about, I don't know, <laughs> 10, 10 centimeters. I was changing it over to, cause I think I had just got out of the car. Um, I had one camera and I had my bag and I just wanted to change the lens and I dropped it from about 10 centimeters and it, it the front bit cracked. As it had a front oh. bit. Um, but they oh, bent yeah. front bit bent and the lens didn't work. Anyway, I had, um, I had a, 16 to 35 in my bag as well so i mean that focal length is covered fortunately mm-hmm.
0: well so that's a, that's a good thing isn't it but i know i know i spoke earlier about how professionalism is not that important but i was only meaning in one kind of regard professionalism in a different way of having backup equipment oh, yeah. you know very important you know very oh, important yeah yeah, yeah. it's your
1: livelihood isn't it it's,
0: it's massive yeah. <laughs> and it's yeah totes 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 i can't remember it says totes and i just said it three times uh, four totes, times now <laughs> my goats, man. <laughs> Oh man, I've oh, Steve, this is so good. I've really enjoyed talking to you. It's been it's been why is it? Uh Wow, over an hour. An wow. Hour? That's just flown by. Um so I've got time for one I've got more question. Scoping
1: to be doing here, Alan.
0: Come on. <laughs> I know, and me. This is good. I've been getting out of it. I've been getting out yeah, of it. Yeah, no, it's, it's been asking me, it's been nice talking to you. Oh, thanks for agreeing to do it, man. It's been really nice talking to you again. It's been ages since I saw you in that um it's just some random pub. was okay. it? It's like a Premier Inn pub or something.
1: It's been, it's been ages since I've seen anybody.
0: Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, so I'd like to finish on just talking about one of your specific reportage wars, actually. Oh, right. Okay. Um, so it's um, a shot from a dance floor. I don't know if it's the first dance, but the camera is super low, like yeah. kind of on the floor. And you can see, I think, it, is it the bride? You can see her feet. Her is it feet. the bride? That's know. right. And yeah, the, this... Is it the groom in the background? Yep. Yeah. And he's like laughing and dancing. It's such a cool, right. dynamic, different shot. Can you, can you tell us about, about that shot at all? So that,
1: this one is in um, a barn place in Cheshire. And um, the, the couple, Leanne and John, absolutely lovely couple. It was a brilliant day. And they got married in this barn which had windows all the way around the edge. So, you know, in my element. <laughs> no, no flash needed during the day. <laughs> and they, uh, Leanne is a, um, a singing teacher, Oh, nice. John's a videographer, um, but they're both into their music and dancing and they love the dancing. And they had, a, they had a choir there as well, which was Leanne's choir that she, she taught That's as well. Nice. So the first dance was well choreographed and lasted ages. So I had so much opportunity to, to get the, the normal wide picture with the full length of the dress and everything like that and uh, um, to be a little bit more creative. So I'd, obviously my flashes were set up on the, on the dance floor as well so i could move around and i knew i'd get decent light anywhere so just trying to get something different i could see as as leanne was dancing she would spin round, and her dress would would lift up and that was the idea of it. it's kind of um uh rock and roll type music so she was spinning around a lot and the dress was coming up and she had these sparkly heels on so it's thought it'd be interesting to get the, the dress and the feet uh as part of the composition and you, you can't do this all the time and you know fortunately I'm, I'm i'm lucky enough to have some some really interesting and cool couples who do this kind of thing and allow me to photograph mm. this kind of
0: scene so yes yeah, um that's proper cool man i just love it it's so dynamic you just don't get shot you don't see shots like that of um like the first dance at all really no, it's you know
1: a lot of weddings you, you don't get the opportunity to so it's mm. you know the the first dance can quite often be a little bit of swaying and everybody joins in mm. um so to get to get the chance to, to do something a little bit more creative is is always good.
0: Mm, it's true it's true it's awesome image man awesome 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 and it's, it's cool to hear your thoughts behind it and um if anyone's listening now if you you know was i always say this whilst walking or jogging or if you're doing your one day i mean your one bit of exercise a day that you're allowed to or whatever i don't know what your rules are wherever you're in lockdown a lot of the world is in lockdown though isn't it um it's true yeah yeah but yeah. head to this reportage.com i'll include that um award that uh steven was just speaking about there it's cool, cool. So, dude dude i'm gonna we're gonna end it because it's just been hours it's, it's <laughs> awesome it's just flowed by though it's so cool thank Great. you for talking to me i really My enjoyed pleasure. it
1: thanks
0: me. oh man no, it's been awesome thanks for just sharing just being so open it's awesome man it's just so cool to to hear you it's been so long and um you know wishing you all the best for this yeah. year Ho- hopefully i'll get to see you at some point come back yes, in so. camping cornwall or something we will we will <laughs> as soon as we can yes as soon as anyone's allowed to, travel I wish to see you and the family Oh, yeah. Be nice, man. Be nice. Much love to you all, and thank you, loads, dude. That was awesome. Thanks, Al. See you, dude. Bye bye. You've been listening to the 59th episode of the This Is Reportage podcast. Really enjoyed chatting to Stephen. Such a lovely guy with so much to share. Hope you enjoyed listening. Head to thisisreportage.com to see the specific reportage award that he spoke about just then, as well as a link through to his website. We also have lots more episodes of the podcast available, too. Delving to our back catalogue to hear from the likes of Tyler Workin, Pedro Villela, Rocio Vega, Rowena Meadows, The Framers, Ross Harvey and over 50 others too. If you're not yet a member of this reportage or this reportage family, check out all the benefits of joining us including an unlimited number of images on your profile, 60 individual awards and 18 story award entries per year, invites to our physical meetups and parties, exclusive discounts, hours of educational videos featuring tips and advice from some of the world's best photographers and much more too. Submissions are now open for our very first collections of 2021. And if you're interested in possibly ranking in our top 100 worldwide lists, you have the best chance if you submit to the first one. The deadline is the same for both this reportage and this reportage family. Submit by 2359 GMT on 24th of January 2021. No poses, nothing staged. This is reportage. And this is bye for now.